0: Our Bible reading today comes from Luke 2, verses 1 to 21. And naturally, it's the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census could be taken or should be taken of the Roman, the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while... While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory of the Lord shone around them. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. I feel like uh,
1: this Christmas has been more, the lead up to this Christmas has been more wild than previous years, you know, but it amazes me every single year how crazy we get around Christmas time. And you can buy Christmas everything. You know, you can even turn your car into a reindeer during Christmas time. That would just be so strange any other time of the year. It is crazy. But one of the words that we always that always gets used at Christmas time, and it's always on cards, it's always on Christmas mugs, it's on Christmas decorations, and it's in many of our Christmas carols, is the word joy. And when we think of joy and Christmas, we might think of jolly Santa and his big belly. That uh, we might think of the joy of food and family, the joy of playing some backyard cricket. Uh, in the afternoon, you might think of the joy of the new of new birth and the joy of a child. It might be the joy of giving a gift, or more likely, the joy of receiving a gift. Am I right, kids? Uh, but I was driving past Eastland just this week, and on a billboard there was an appeal to give Christmas joy. The Christmas season is marketed as a joy-filled. Time of year, but Christmas joy actually has biblical origins, and that 's what I want to uh, want us to explore this morning and We read there in Luke 210 uh, that the angel who had appeared to the shepherds in all the majesty and magnificence of God came to deliver a message, and it 's a message of good news that will cause great joy for all. The people. Great joy. Cause great joy for all the people. Christmas will and should produce joy in us. But we know it doesn't always. We know that for some of us, Christmas isn't just tinsel and candy canes. It can be difficult, it can be painful, and it can produce something other than joy. It can produce sadness or other feelings. We might feel that we can relate more to The Grinch, for example, than we can to A Christmas that is full of joy. You might have seen the movie that came out a few years ago, the Dr. Seuss story, uh, has had a number of film adaptions over the years. But the story goes that The Grinch is just so sick of all the Christmas joy in the town. He plans to stop Whoville's Christmas celebration by stealing all the town's decorations and gifts. And he hatches a plan to go and steal them all. You know, sometimes we just don't connect with the joy of Christmas. You know, for whatever reason, maybe it's the stress of having family over or the stress of travel, the bringing up of unwanted memories. Maybe it's having to do the day without a loved one. Sometimes we just don't feel the joy That Christmas should produce in us. And when the day is done, we finally lay our head on the pillow at the end of Christmas Day. We end up feeling like Michael Scott from the office Happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party was so lame. You know, and I wonder if the joy of Christmas is so fleeting, is so fragile. Because our source of joy doesn't match up with the source of joy in the first Christmas. You know, when we read the Bible's account of the first Christmas, it's not quite picturesque. It's not quite charming and and sanitised nativity that we like to think about when we think of the first Christmas. And we see that Mary and Joseph are alone. They have really, they've gone to Bethlehem, but they've got nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. And when... And where Jesus exactly is born is is a little bit unclear. The word that is translated to inn or guest room could simply just mean a room in a house that was occupied by others at the time. So you think about that. You're staying in a room and a heavily pregnant woman comes to and wants to stay there. And no one helps out. No one says, you know what? You obviously really need a place to stay. I'm going to go pitch a tent. No one does that. Crazy. No one says, you clearly need this more than I. Could it be that the gossip of Nazareth had followed them? She was pregnant. They were engaged. You wouldn't believe she was still a virgin. So no one was going to help them out. They didn't have their approval of family and friends. And so with no certainty of where to stay, they are forced to stay with animals Possibly in a stable or a poor home where animals shared under the same roof as a family. Or tradition would say possibly in a cave. The fact that Mary wrapped the child herself suggests it was a really lonely birth. There are a lot of things we just don't know about the first Christmas but commentator Leon Morris says that there are some things that we can be sure of from the biblical account. We can be sure that Jesus was born into poverty, he was born into obscurity, and born into rejection. Doesn't Christmas feel like just the complete opposite of, of that? Poverty, obscurity, and rejection? Because we've made Christmas to be about excess, about certainty. And about approval, have we not? Don't we see the disconnect here, the dissonance here? Most of us today will have just excess food, crazy amounts of gifts. Most of us will have the day planned out to the minute. No, most of us are working hard to gain approval, whether it's by our gifts or by our hospitality. And so when we get less than what we want, when we don't get what we expect... And when our relationships are lost or broken, the joy of Christmas evaporates like water on bitumen in the hot summer's sun. But there's beauty in the way Jesus was born. Well, William Barclay, a Scottish minister and commentator from late last century, points out the rawness of Jesus' birth. We might have expected that the Son of God was to be born into the world in a palace or a mansion. And he goes on to tell this story that, you know, there was once a a European monarch who worried his court. Uh, He worried his court by often disappearing and walking in disguise amongst his people. And when he was asked not to do so for security's sake, he answered, I cannot rule my people unless I know how they live. He answered, I cannot rule my people unless I know how they live. See, we have a God who stepped into the poverty, stepped into the obscurity and the rejection of this world. He knows the life we live because he's lived it. Philippians 2.6 tells us that, even though Jesus is fully God, he didn't use his Godness to his advantage. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that Jesus is able to understand us, understand our weaknesses and our struggles. He struggled with the same stuff. He was tempted with the same temptations. He gets us. He really does. Jesus understands the complexity, the challenges and the catastrophes we face. And there is joy to be found in this. That we have a God who actually gets what it's like to be like us. I want to draw our attention to another aspect of Christmas where joy is to be found. Let's consider why the angels delivered the message of joy to the shepherds. Was it simply, you know, whoever's around? It's just by chance. They just happened to be there and the angels showed up. So I don't think so. The fact that a distant emperor was calling a census that set into motion this divine plan that Mary and Joseph would come to Bethlehem shows that God is orchestrating all of this. So why shepherds? One thought is that the shepherds couldn't observe the ceremonial Jewish law required. And this was huge for religious people, because by the nature of of their jobs, the shepherds' jobs, they were caring for sheep, they couldn't wash their hands properly, they'd be touching blood and unclean things all the time, and they were unable to do the things that they were supposed to do as good religious Jews. And this means that they were unable to do the things necessary to be spiritually clean and spiritually right before God they were unable to be in right standing before God unable to be in the presence of God but God decided that it was the shepherds that they would be informed by the angel fully in the glory and the presence of God was revealed to them the birth of the Savior was especially good news to the shepherds because of this reason Because like us, they represent the ones who cannot meet the standards of God's law. We cannot have right standing before God because we cannot do the things necessary it requires. No matter how hard we try, we fall short. And the prophet Isaiah, keeping with the shepherding theme, says, all of us, like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the sins of us all. A saviour is born on Christmas Day to restore us to God's path. This is the true source of joy this Christmas, that by Jesus we might have right standing before God, a restored relationship with God, a relationship that starts now and will continue forever. And in this relationship, the excess is not of food. It's of God's grace and mercy. The certainty, it's not in the the minutes that you plan your day today. The certainty is in God's promises and that he is faithful. And the approval, it's not found by the people sharing your your Christmas lunch with. The approval is found in what Jesus has done on the cross for you and for me. So whenever you sing a carol about joy, read a Christmas card with the word joy in it. See a decoration with the word joy on it. Remember the true reason for joy this Christmas, the birth of God's son, our saviour, our messiah. And Lord, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to earth so that we might know you, that we might be restored in relationship with you, God. And we pray that today we would be reminded of this and that we might uh, follow your path and and look to uh, your grace and mercy. May we be certain in your promises and may we find our approval in who you are and what you have done and then not in the things of this world. So Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that you came. We thank you that we have a saviour and a Lord who loves us and wants to know us. Pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen.